0: Our text is in Philippians chapter 3 as we continue our studies in the book of Philippians. We're in Philippians chapter 3 today and continuing where we left off in a study of Paul explaining what the church is and how it works best when it's working. In the beginning of the summer this year, a stray cat showed up in our neighborhood and she regularly sat by my wood pile stalking the chipmunk population, which made me very happy. I'm fine with that. And then one day we saw her jump right up in the tree and catch a red squirrel in the tree, which made her my hero after that. And then one day my wife went out into this little shed that we have behind the house. used to be a pig pen, and I put some siding on it and and saved it. And... uh, She went out a little shed, and when she went in the shed, a whole bunch of little kittens went running in all directions and climbed up inside the wall, in a hole in the wall. Apparently, for five or six weeks, the kittens lived inside of that little shed completely undetected by us. And they were wild little things, so we had to set some traps to catch them. One of the last ones we caught was a little yellow and white one. And when he was in that cage, he got trapped. He banged his head on against that trap over and over again. He must have had a headache, but he kept doing it. So uh, he was moved from the shed where he'd spent his whole life up to that point to a cage in my family room. And he stayed there for a while. A couple from Medina came, and they took the little yellow kitten home with them and they named him Sid. He's Sid the Cat. So Sid the Cat lives in a small house in Medina. He's become a house cat. His entire world exists in those four walls of that house. And Sid the Cat will never catch a chipmunk by the woodpile. Nor will he ever climb a tree to catch a red squirrel. He lives in that small world of the four walls of that house. They told me Sid the Cat got outside once by accident, but he didn't know what to do outside, so he hid under the steps in fear until they caught him, put him back inside. So Sid the Cat lived his early days inside my shed, and then a week or two in my family room, And now he's in a house in Medina. And I guess he's not unhappy because he just doesn't know what he's missing. That's all. Now today in our text, we talk about living life in a large way. As Paul the Apostle gives us advice on how to live our lives. Last week, Paul warned us not to get involved in religion that was all outside things. He said he used to live that way by a set of rules and regulations and he was very good at keeping all the rules. But he abandoned that life completely when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And now his great desire was to get to know Jesus better. So he told us how he lived life the new way after abandoning his old life. And we pick it up where we left off last week. Philippians chapter 3, I'm reading from verse number 13. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything you shall be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Now, if you were just reading this passage like you were reading a novel, without stopping to think about it, your first reaction would be the same one that I had when I first read it through without thinking about it. Paul had a high calling. He was one of the apostles, the first great followers of Jesus Christ. I do not have such a high calling. (laughs) I'm just a country boy here in a little place called East Shelby. And then he wrote in verse 15 if you are perfect, come along and live like I do. One thing for sure, I'm not perfect. So I guess this passage doesn't apply to a simple country boy in East Shelby who is far from perfect. And you might feel the same way if you were to read over the passage and not stop to think about it. Now my friends, let me warn you, never read the Bible with the idea in your mind that this doesn't apply to me. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, it all applies to you and me. God would never send us a message and say, oh yeah, just ignore that part. <laughs> That's not how God works. I was only talking to all important people, so skip that. Skip over that part. No, no. we got to go back and look more closely. These verses are meant for common, every ordinary, everyday people like you and like me. So let's go back and rethink this. Now in verse 14, Paul gives this most famous verse, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Three things, there's a mark, number two is a prize, and number three is a high calling. Now think about where Paul was when he wrote those words. He was in prison when he wrote that. And he said, I'm reaching out. I'm stretching forward. I'm going to grab all I can with my hand as I stretch out. There's a mark. A goal. I've got a goal. What do you mean, Paul, that you're trying to reach a goal? You're stuck in prison. You can't go anywhere. The only congregation you got is the soldier who's guarding you. It seems, Paul, that you're quite limited. So what's your goal? This mark that you're reaching for. What is it? Then number two, he says... There's a prize. Everybody likes to win a prize, don't they? Everybody likes to win a prize. Used to be great prizes in Cracker Jack boxes. Now I take it out, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is anymore. Everything from Cracker Jack box to Publisher's Clearinghouse, everybody likes to win a prize. Now Paul says, reach out, then win a prize. Now for him, he calls it the resurrection of the dead. You and I would call it heaven. When life is over, you win a prize. I suppose that is if you reach out and grab the mark, and you reach your goal, then heaven is your prize. And hey, guess what? I'm going to heaven, and I'm not an apostle. I'm just a country boy out in East Shelby. Well, I'm going to heaven. And if Paul's prize was going to heaven, i get the same prize. And so do you. So maybe the high calling isn't to be an apostle. No, my friends, the high calling is to live your life, to use your life energies to focus your effort. My goal is to live for Jesus and give all my strength and energy and ability and time in living for Jesus. That, my friends, is the high calling. To spend your life energy serving Jesus. And then Paul says, if you're perfect, or that is, if you decide to live your life for Jesus, it doesn't matter whether you're in East Shelby or wherever you are you serve just do it make a determination to spend your life serving Jesus that's the goal that's the high calling and at the end you win the prize and go to heaven Paul was sitting in prison limited no freedom No ability to move about. But he said, oh, I'm stretching out and I'm grabbing for that prize and that goal. I'm going to use my life for Jesus. Yes, it's true. He was sitting in prison. He couldn't go anywhere. But in his spare time, he was writing 14 books of the Bible. The book of Philippians was written while he was in prison. He couldn't go see people, so he wrote letters instead. And those wonderful letters became the Bible. He wrote more books of the Bible than any person who ever lived, and he did it from prison. Using his life energy for Jesus, even in prison. So you and I can also use our life energies for Jesus. This is written for you and for me. So we better read some more. Verse 15. Let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, where to we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. He says, if your mind is perfect, that is, if you have determined to follow God in your life, but some things you disagree don't worry about your little disagreements. <laughs> he said, God will change your mind. Determine to live your life for Jesus, and little disagreements are no big deal. There was a fellow once who tended here at our church. He came to me, he said, Eric, no, I disagree. I disagree with you. And if you keep it up, I'll have to leave. See, some people have been trained to look for anything to disagree with and then fight about it. Well, of course, I wouldn't fight with him. He said, we disagree. I said, it's okay. We can, you know. Oh, I, I can't. So he left. He went to another church. About a year later, he came back and he said to me, my new pastor, I disagree with him. Can I come back to East Shelby? I said to him, I want you to go back to your new pastor, and I want you to tell him that you're going to serve the Lord and promise not to focus on little disagreements. That's what you need to do. As far as I know, that's what he did. Paul said, if you need an example, follow my example. I'm serving the Lord with all my heart, even in prison. So follow my example, he said. But watch out, he said, some people are not good examples to follow. Verse number 18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind Earthly things. Some people, says Paul, are enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? Why be an enemy of the cross? Isn't that where we get forgiveness? Yes. But the cross is also the shining, most wonderful example of somebody who gave all they had. Jesus on that cross didn't hold back anything. He gave all of his sweat. He gave all of his blood. He gave all of his strength. He gave all of his life. He poured out all of his life energy into dying and carrying us burden of our sin for you and me. And if you look at him hanging on that cross and you say, I don't want to give my all like he did, then I guess you might be an enemy of the cross. Paul says their God is their belly. That doesn't mean they love food. That's an old-fashioned way of saying this. When I decide how to live my life, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I'm going to find out what makes me comfortable. I want to do what makes me feel good. And that's how I want to live my life. I want the same things I see people around me have. I want what the world offers me. That's how I want to live my life. And here's what Paul says. Their behavior is shameful because it's so selfish. And they end up, he says, in destruction. No prize of heaven. That kind of living will kill you in the end. And they are limited by the choice they make. Like Sid the cat they live in a small world. Focusing on the little things around them. The four walls that surround them have all they've got to live for. It's a narrow life. person who spends their life energies on themselves and their own desire live a small, narrow, closed-in life. Like that little cat. Don't live like that, my friend. Don't live like that. Listen to verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it might be fashioned like into his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto Himself, Paul says our conversation is in heaven. That's the way the King James determines it. A closer word for what he meant to say would be our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We have a higher goal. We live a larger life, not restricted by the things around us. We look ahead to a larger life and a high calling. After all, the prize is heaven. We're going to leave this world and claim our prize. Why so excited about heaven? Because Jesus says he's going to give us new bodies. (laughs) These old worn out ones. The piano fell over today, fell on its back. I was here by myself and I looked at it and I said, I used to be able to pick that up. Well, I got it up, (laughs) but not like I used to. These old worn out bodies, these old diseased bodies, these old tired bodies will be replaced with new ones that never get tired, never need sleep, never get sick, never wear out because I'm a citizen of heaven. And if I use my life energy in living for Jesus, I win the prize. I go to heaven. After all, I belong there. That's where I belong. There's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I've got no friend like you. Heaven's not my home, and Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. My friends, I hope you want to live large, and throw away the four walls, and reach out for the mark and the, win the prize. The high calling is out today. Live your life for Jesus. Spend your energies on his behalf. What a blessing it will be to you if you do. May God bless you as you spend your life energies serving Jesus. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful blessing you offer us. And as we're gathered here today, we can see it's the best thing Look around us in the world and what they are doing. We see the darkness and the confusion and the fear that is on every hand. We are not afraid. We are not in the darkness. We are in the light. We are not limited. We stretch out for the high calling. And we wait for the prize, which is heaven itself. Lord, that's how we want to live. So help us to do that. And to not be afraid, but to step up and be counted as servants of the living God. Help us, we pray. Be our king and lead us and guide us. Watch over this congregation. Keep your hand on them and bless them in a special way because they have been here with us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In closing, we'd like to sing a song with you. All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all.
1: One of your bulletins stand together with us all to Jesus all to
2: Jesus What? <laughs>
0: Let's Levi to close in a word of prayer. Levi?
1: Dear Lord, we are grateful that we have an opportunity as no one important, Lord. We are nobody important, but we have that opportunity for the high calling. We have that opportunity to reach out for the prize, not only of heaven, but of living a life that is wonderful and full of blessing and blessings beyond into eternity. We pray that we would not live for ourselves, but we would live for others. Help us to think, Lord, and know that we can surrender our hearts to you. And may we, Lord, not long for the things of this world, but may we long for the things of eternity, godly things. May our hearts desire the things on the other side of the Jordan. May we long and cast a wishful eye for those things. We thank you for this. We ask for your protection. All these people out here, inside, in their cars, in their homes, wherever they might be, protect them, be with them. We thank you for this opportunity to serve you today. And we pray that we would do it again, and we pray our hearts would be in it. You would protect us all and bring us back to this place. Watch over us and our land, Lord, we pray, the land in which we live. Protect us and be with us. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you in your name.